Um, this morning, we're talking about uh, something that's, that's I, uh, I think, I think, I hope will be uh, both, man, it's gonna be both, both hurtful and helpful. It's gonna hurt because it's like, ooh, Maybe, maybe we could be better at this, but it's also, I, I hope and I pray that it will help at least give us some clarity as to, as to what, like what it means, like what a healthy family should look like. So I wanna start by asking this question. Um, what was it like in your house growing up? Like think back to when you were a kid, however like many years ago that was. And some of us, uh, you know, maybe we got to go back a little further than others. Okay, great. But for you growing up, what was, what was it like? Just awesome. Like, like, when you, like when you think back into your home and growing up, like, is it just like, oh man, all fond memories? Or is it like, oh man, I was so excited to get out of that. <laughs> what was it like? for you growing up? And, and we can ask this question, was there, was there peace in your home? Like, would you describe your family situation as like, there was, of course, a lot of things going on and, and you know, movement and, and, you know, depending on the size of your family, like there's always seems to be busyness, but like, would you say, yeah, our, our, generally speaking, our home was peaceful, even amidst the busy, like we had peace. Or was it, oh man, that is not the word I would use to describe my family as peaceful. How were you as a kid? Okay, now let's get real personal. How were you in your home? Were you a good kid? Were you not so much a good kid? I go, honestly, think back and be like, oh man, like what kind of kid was, was I? And, and are, were you... Were you, the, were you the kid that like, that, that everyone looked at and like, man, there's such a good kid. Like, wow, even your parents were like, I, I don't know what we did to deserve you. Like, you're just so great. Was that you? Or, or were you the kind of kid that like, when you, let's see here. Um, when you get, when you got old enough or are getting old enough when, to get, to have your own kids, or your family, did you get what we often call the parental curse? This, this comes from your parents. And when you, especially when you have like that first kid and, and, and they say this, I hope, I hope that your kids treat you the same way you treated us. You're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> because they say it in a way that there's something behind that. There's a, they got a smirk behind that. They know what the, the curse they just laid upon your feet. Were you, were you that kind of kid that, that growing up, they would say, oh man, like you were, yeah. Y you know, we had to just try to parent you more than the other ones. Like, was that you? Did you have any rules? Of course you had rules, okay. What were they? Any weird ones? What kind of rules did you have? Did you have a lot of rules? How many rules did you have in your home growing up? Could you even name them or think about them? Or was it just like, you just, you just had to kind of, Discover the rules as you broke them. <laughs> like, right? Like, I, I learned that was wrong because I did it. I didn't know it was wrong and I got in trouble. That's a rule in our home. Apparently that's a weird rule. What, what were the rules like? Last week we talked about um, how a healthy family, strong families, they know the purpose for their family. And they, they, uh, they determine if they don't even have one really figured out or developed that they 
they determine the purpose of the family and that, that strong families, they know their purpose. And, and the purpose is different for each family. It isn't, well, this is the purpose like God set up for all families and this is just kind of how it is. No, no, no. For your family, the purpose for your family. We went through different, if you remember, some kind of examples. And, and, and we said um, that if, uh, if maybe, maybe you're at the stage where you're like, you know, the kids are out of the home, maybe your grandparents and you're, like your kids have kids now and you're at that stage. And, and for you, maybe for you, the purpose for your family, for you now is, is this. What if it's to have influence on your grandkids so that they grow to know Christ? And everything that you do, everything that's centered, like your life is centered around this idea of, okay, we wanna have influence in the next generation. Our kids are out of the house, but now we got like the greatest joy ever. We have grandkids. What a blessing. What if, what if for you, your family, the purpose for you and your, if, if you're married, your spouse is, grand, is, is to have influence for your grandkids. We talked about as parents that what if the goal um, it isn't to, I mean, th- this is a goal. It's kind of a sub goal that they survive, right? That they live, that they, that, you, that, that they make it through. And that's part of like just having the kids. All right, we did it. But what if, what if parenting is much more than just simply survival? And we said, what if, what if the goal was to parent in such a way that you have a healthy relationship with your kids when they become adults? And so if you have kids still in your home at whatever age they are, maybe they're really, really young and you're just trying to get into, the, you're just starting this thing out and you're just trying to figure out like what, what a good, healthy family looks like, or maybe they're older. My, my, uh, my kids now, my oldest is, uh, he's now in high school. He just started high school, which for me is like, it's, it's wow, it's okay, we're, we're there. Like you think of when you, were, when you have littles, I mean, it's, you have tunnel vision. It's just, it's just everything you can just to, just to make it through the day. And like, you got this kid's doing this thing and this kid's over here doing this thing and they're doing this to their brother. And you're just trying to, you're just, I mean, you get to a point where you just, you can't wait for bedtime, right? You know what I'm talking about. And you just, you just get to a point, all right, you know what, guys, it's time for bed. But dad, it's time for bed, go to bed. It's four o'clock, we haven't had dinner, go to bed. <laughs> And it's so easy to get locked into this tunnel vision. And then like probably for the first time with, with my oldest now in high school, I'm looking at this going, I've got four more years. And these are the fast four. And time I somehow goes faster in high school. I, I know that I was a youth pastor for a long time. And I know it, go, it just, it, some, something happens where it just flies by. And I'm, I'm looking at this thinking, man, four more years. And then he's on his own. And as, and it is, as, as amazing as that sounds, oh man, he's gonna be out of the house and then we, you know, only three more. And then we, there's a sense in which there's a, uh, almost an urgency of, okay, like, is he ready? Is he gonna be ready? What does it look like to parent towards making sure that when your kids are out of the house, that they, they, they still like you and want to come back? <laughs> that they, they still want be a part of the family. We talked about that being a North Star and how that would change parenting. We talked about if you're married and, and maybe your kids are out of the house um, or you don't have kids yet and it's just you guys and, and like, all right, so what does our family look like? Okay, for you, what does it look like to have a, a, a competition of submission we talked about? And how do you, how can you look at this and say, all right, you know what? Part of this is how, how can I outserve my spouse? 
How can I, we talked about this is the only competition in which both people win. Every other competition, someone wins and someone loses. And if we're honest, we probably, there's probably two losers. <laughs> but when we start talking about how can we better serve each other, man, you could see how that would change the trajectory of a marriage. I'm gonna outserve you. No, I'm gonna outserve you. All right, game on. That's a fun game to play. We talked about if, if you were single, what does this look like? What does is, what is the purpose of my family look like? If I'm single, maybe you're, you know, dating or not dating or one day you hope to think about maybe one day being married. Like, what does family look like? How does this look for you? What is your kind of the purpose statement that we talked about? And, and what if it's this? What if it's to be the kind of person that you want to marry? Instead of waiting for Mr. Right and just kind of trying to have to go through all the losers out there, because there's, there's, let's be honest, there's a lot of just the terrible people that you don't want to, like, you know, you know. <laughs> and and I, my goal is just to find the right person. And, and, and once I find that person, they're gonna fix my life. They're gonna fill this, this hole in my heart and everything's gonna be wonderful, happily ever after. We're never gonna fight. There's, it's all, he's like, they're always gonna just love me no matter what and always say the right thing and do the right thing. And finally, finally, I will enjoy life. That doesn't exist. That's a unicorn. That's a fairy tale. What if instead of trying to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, who's gonna fix everything in your life, you say, you know what? I'm gonna focus on being the kind of person that I'm looking for. That's a different North Star. That's a different purpose for, for you in your stage in life. Uh, this morning, we're gonna talk about now that you, maybe you've think, thought through and we kind of give you homework of, to think through the purpose for your family, what's the goal for your family, the, the, your particular family, your setting, whatever it looks like. All right, now that we've kind of determined, all right, this is what has a family, how we, this is kind of the direction we're going in. Now we're gonna be talking about what kind of atmosphere exists in a healthy family. What does it look like? What does it, what does it feel like? What's the, what's the environment of a strong families? What do healthy, strong families do that, other families don't. I was a, like, I, I share this a few times. Um, I was a youth pastor for many years, over, over a decade at a, a number of different churches. And so I had the privilege, both the privilege, I would say it was a privilege and a heartache of, of watching literally hundreds of families go through our ministry and various ministries and churches. And when I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating to say, you know, if you think through 10 years plus, maybe it's like 12 years of, of like 12 graduating classes, like all of the kids that would go through a ministry and all of the families and say, all right, there are hundreds. This represents hundreds of observations of hundreds of families. And I got to see, um, I got to see both the good and be right there for the struggles. And some of the families were the kind of families that everyone wants. I mean, they really were to the point where you, you noticed them and it was, they're different. Somehow, something's different with this family than, ever, than these other families. I mean, to the point where, where I'm, I'm sitting here, even like before we had kids, just thinking, man, this is the kind of, like, if we're ever blessed to have kids, like this is the kind of family we want to have. Well, my wife would, and I would even talk about, um, even when we started having children, like we want our kids to be just like this family. Like we see how they love each other. And man, wow, I, it, like 
what a blessing it will be if we could one day be just like them and like see how, how they're doing it is how our family, like what, that would be amazing. And, and so we started noticing, I started noticing these kinds of families and thinking through what is it about them that's different than, than these other families. Not that they're like really bad. It's not like they were the worst families ever, but man, there's something, it's, it's just, just feels and looks different. What is it? And how do we get that? What made them so different? Here it is, ready? I'm gonna tell you the answer. This is the answer that you've been waiting, you know, decades, decades to find, to hear. No one's ever told you this. They've been holding it secret and not telling you, I am, I, Uncle Brandon is your best friend this morning because I'm gonna let you in on the secret. Here it is, ready? The thing that set these families apart, that made them different, that you, you, that you recognize and felt, there's something different is this not complicated at all. Here it is. Ready? They all respected each other. That's it. Amidst everything else going on in their lives, amidst all of the do's and don'ts and whatever rules were in place, I almost didn't even know what the rules were and it almost didn't even matter. They all respected each other. Mom and dad respected each other and their parenting and who they are in their roles in the marriage and in each other and, and, and how they each parent, parented. The kids respected their parents. This is one of those things that we all want. And we're gonna look at this in a second. We're like, this is, yeah, I, yeah, but they, my kids will respect me. Okay. But, but listen, these kids actually did it. How, like what was different that the kids actually respected their parents to the point where they said, I want to be just like, if I can be half, half the dad that my, that my dad is, I will, I will be a great father. Oh man. Okay. You're like, you look up to your dad. I mean, if I could just, if I could just be a fraction of, of how my mom is, I will be so happy. Okay. You really do respect your parents. Not because they're telling you to, but that's like an internal thing, motivation that you have for them. That's different. And then this is the key. This is the difference maker. This is what really set a lot of these families apart from other families. The parents respected their kids. A lot of times, listen, it's really easy and tempting to think of your kids as just like, it's our job to just fix them and, and, and tell them what to do and make sure they don't ever make mistakes because they reflect on us. Listen, you represent us. So if you make a mistake or you do something wrong or embarrassing, you bring shame on our whole family. How could you? It's really easy to parent that way. But, but these families didn't do that. They saw it as a matter of, of respecting their kids. And, and they, they understood this, they had this wisdom where they, they understood this, this they raise them with the mindfulness to know this and to, to intentionally think about this. I remember asking them and they would share this with me. They would say, we know that one day they're gonna leave our house. Well, yeah, everyone, okay. So we parent knowing that they're gonna leave. What kind of people do we want them to be when they leave? So we try, we try to parent in that direction. Oh man, that's totally different than just simply here's the rules, do this or else. They knew that when they left, they're gonna make all their own decisions. 
They're gonna have to decide what they do, what they don't do, what the kind of person they wanna be. And so we, this is what they would say, and I remember this so vividly. They told me specifically, we want them to have freedom to make decisions while they're still in our house and to even fail. We don't expect perfection. Who can? We want them to be able to be themselves and make mistakes while we still have influence before they go away. So they would say this, so we don't have a lot of rules. What? That's the opposite of parenting. How, what are you doing? And I remember one, one, one mom in particular told me, she said, we think of it like circles and like, as the kids are really young, the circle is really tight and the rules are really strict and specific and for good reason, because they have to live. You want the kids to survive. So you can't just run into the street. You can't just go outside by yourself. You can't just, you know, go run to the U.S. market to go get candy without, like, you can't just do that. Very specific rules. And, 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 and part of it is just like your safety. I remember, so like, um, I have a, a scar here on my arm and I don't, I don't remember this happening, but um, I, I remember um, always growing up with this little bump and just being like, what happened here? And, and my parents would tell me, well, one day you, uh, you reached up on the stove and your arm hit the top of the stove and it burnt it. And we had to go to the hospital and wrap you up in this whole thing. And like, you don't remember it? And I go, I don't remember a thing. Probably good, right? I mean, I'm you know, called child services on you. And, <laughs> and, and so I had to learn, there's a rule here. You can't touch the stove. Why? Because it's sinful? No, because it's harmful. So you have really, when they're little, really strict, specific rules. Here's the key, ready? As kids get older, your rules have to expand and loosen. The problem comes, this is what they were telling me, and I'm like, I've seen this, you're right, I've seen this so many times. As the kids get older, if you keep the rules tight and strict, and you can't do this, be home at this time, you can't do that, nope, this, everything is a rule, and if you break just the littlest rule, we're gonna just get it even smaller. When they do leave your house, there's now no more rules, and they don't know how to react. They don't know how to live. They don't know how to make decisions because the little circles you had around them are gone. And now it's, oh, I can go do this. I can go do this. This newfound freedom is the very thing that will ruin them because they haven't learned how to make decisions. And I'm sitting here like, okay, come on, keep telling me. Like, tell me more. So they said, as they would get older, we got to the point where we had very few, if any, rules. And by the time they're juniors and seniors in high school, like you got one, two years left and then you're on your own. They said, we really don't have rules. You don't have like a curfew? Honestly, no. What? Because in a year, there's no such thing as curfew. We want them to, to know and feel what it's like to have freedom while they're still in our home. And I'm going, this is, this is it. This is it. This is brilliant. They understood and respected their kids knowing they will be adults one day making their own adult decisions and they let them fail and they didn't rush to fix everything. Like every time something went wrong, it wasn't mom and dad's job to fix it. Oh, they get a bad grade in the class. The answer isn't, well, I'm gonna call your teacher. The answer is, it sounds like you need to study more. But can you call? No, you can call. I'm not calling. Okay. I think you need to work harder, don't you? <sighs> Fine. 
They understood and respected their kids not to do everything for them. All right, this is different. This is a different way to parent. They respected the fact that their kids would one day be adults who, God willing, maybe one day would be the, have their own family and their own kids to raise. And so we want to parent in a way that, that when they leave our house, they're ready. And they, they understand freedom because they've had it for so long. The Bible has another word for this, this idea of respecting each other. Here's the word, ready? It's honor. To honor each other. We could say this, there's a secret. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Honor is at the heart of every strong family. If you think of what it means to be a strong family or a healthy family, here it is. This is the secret. Honor. And maybe these families can't even put a, a phrase to it to say with the word honor, but they understand, they live it out. They know just how important honor is. In fact, it's so important that God makes it in his top 10. Did you know this? I'm sure you do. When, when given the top 10, God writes down, here's the top 10 things I want you as a people to do. My people, I want you to focus on these top 10 things. We call them the 10 commandments. Guess what number five is? Here it is. I'll put it up just so you can see it. Honor your father and mother. Why? So that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is given you. He doesn't say obey or listen to or do what they say. Specifically, honor your father and mother. God understands just how important honor is and specifically, more specifically, how important honor is in the family that it makes the top 10. Honor your parents. Now for wise, we'll also understand that honoring looks different as time goes on, as we get older. When you're a kid, honoring is obedience, is obey. You honor your parents by obeying them. When you are 40 or 50, I hope, I hope you are still not at the point where mom is like telling you, now here's what you need to eat for breakfast. Okay, oh, that's a little too much milk in your cereal. <laughs> Take some out. You get to a point where it's not obedience now. Now it's respecting and helping take care of. And honor changes over time. It should, it has to. When we're children, it looks like obedience. And, and, it, and it's this way really for two reasons. In strong families, you obey mom and dad, not because if you don't, you'll get punished. It isn't a matter of do this or else, but really there's two reasons. First, and you don't understand this until you get older, you're out of the house. If we have any teenagers in here, I think they're probably in their youth group right now, but, but like you, you might not realize this right now, but when you get older and if you ever start having kids and like a family on your own, you'll know this to be true because your mom and dad, listen, they really do know more than you do. <laughs> and, and listen, your parents growing up, they really did know more than you. And you didn't realize that until you like got older and then maybe you started having children and then you're, mom, how did you do this? Right, dad, okay. What did you do when I, when I did this? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this day. So you've come to the master, have you? <laughs> I can't wait for my kids to ask advice. Like, oh, yes, yes, I would come to me too. Your parents really do. They really did when you were younger, no better than you. They had more life experience. So they, you obey them because they, they just simply know more. And number two, because God really did set up the family this way. This really is structure and it's honoring to your parents and it honors God when kids obey their parents. We love this. We, we love talking about kids and obeying 
um, the, their parents. We're gonna look at this in a second. Um, one of the things that, I think I mentioned this last week, if I didn't, I, I can't remember. Um, one of the things that has really helped me in, in thinking about and understanding parenting from a different perspective and helping even shape like, what parenting should look like is uh, from a guy named Andy Stanley. He's a pastor in, uh, in Atlanta. He's been a pastor for a long time and maybe you know the name. And he did a, um, a series called Parenting. This is a couple years ago in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, parenting in the 21st century. It's four, four sermons. They're all on YouTube for free. You can just go Google it and look it up. And they're phenomenal. I mean, just great. The third one, he talks specifically about honoring and he says this. They had two rules in their family. He had two rules for his kids growing up. The kids are, you know, uh, out of the house now, a lot of, most of them. And uh, here they are, ready? Number one, honor your mother. Number two, don't tell a lie. So that, that's it. That's the extent of the rules in our home. These are the things that was our North Star, our guiding kind of principles that was, this is the direction we're going. Because he says, if, if we could get them to honor mom, then it will trickle down to everyone else. And the idea is, well, just practice on mom and then honor your dad as well. But let's just, let's just practice on one. Let's honor mom. And he talks about stories of what that looked like. And even around the dinner table, how they would, uh, to honor mom, they would, they would um, this is kind of funny and different. I don't know if I'll, we'll do this. Maybe we'll start. It'd be a fun experiment. They would, they would stand behind their chairs waiting for mom, even the food's on the table, waiting for mom. When she would come sit down, then they would go sit down and they would start the meal. Some of you are like, moms, you're like, great idea. Okay, tonight for dinner, we're doing it, right? Kids, stand back up. And he talks about how it would be really funny when their friends would have, uh, their kids would have friends over and they just sit down to eat and, and they're all standing at their, cha- their chair just like, what are you doing? It's like, do you guys eat the food you make? I, well, I, what are you doing, right? You have to stand back up like, oh, because we want to practice honor and we do that specifically, primarily, we want to honor mom and let it trickle down to everyone else. And then the second thing he says, we, we don't tell a lie. And he, this is his phrase. Lying is the worst thing you can do. Don't tell a lie because lying is the worst thing you can do. Telling a lie is the worst thing you could do. And it isn't the worst thing you can do because Moses said, don't tell a lie. Hey, thou shalt not lie. Okay, well, well sure, but, but why? Why is lying so bad? And here it is, ready? Because lying breaks the relationship. Lying breaks trust. And relationship is nothing without trust. So we don't lie, not because the Bible says don't lie. We don't lie because it breaks relationship. It's the worst thing you could do is in our family. The worst thing you could do is break relationship with each other and with us. And lying is the top way to do it. Oh, okay, those are good rules. They aren't even rules, right? They're just sort of, this is how we live. This is the, the environment we created are our rules. This, you could see how this could change family. Paul addresses this very commandment where he talks about specifically um, honoring your parents. And, he, and he, when he gives instructions specifically to Christian households, here's what he says in Ephesians chapter six. He says this, this, listen, parents, okay, write this down. Take a picture of the screen. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Amen. Close your Bible. Let's pray. We're done. <laughs> if, if, you, if, you, if you struggle memorizing scripture, this is your first verse. This is an e- you, it's easy, right? We love this verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And then he quotes the commandment, honor your father and mother which is the first commandment, he gives a little commentary, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life 
on the earth. Honor your parents. And here's what he says. For children, it looks like obedience. Obey mom and dad. Now, if we're honest though, listen, if we're honest, it's really easy to take this to the extreme. It's really, it's really easy to take this too far. Where we say it's your job as the kids, look at, the, it's in the Bible. Your job is to obey me. Blind obedience even. Listen, we'll say things like this. You don't have to raise your hand if you've ever said this, but I'm, I'm sure you have. Hey, listen, just do what I say. Right? And by the way, the louder you laugh at these, the more you've done them, just so you know. <laughs> I know, I know you have, I have. Or we'll say this. Hey, listen, these are the rules in our house. My house, my rules. If you don't like it, one day you can have your own house, your own rules. We'll say things like that. Under, my, under this roof, we do this. These are the rules. And if you don't like them, tough. And here's what, here's what your kids, what they won't say to your face, but when they're, when they're in high school and they're old enough to kind of think for themselves, they'll tell people like me, like their youth pastor, their youth leaders, like, a, like Justin. And, and here's what they'll tell them. I can't wait to leave my house. That's what they'll say. Your house, your rules, deal. Okay, fine. When can I leave? All right, when I graduate, I'm out because your rules are terrible. And we can easily get to a point where obedience, it just simply, it just simply becomes about all about performance. Here's what I want. I want you guys to be perfect children. Always do what's right, never do what's wrong. And so here are the rules. And if you ever embarrass us, you will pay. We don't say that, but we can get to that point really easily. We actually, we actually break relationship with them. This is why it's so important where, where that's not just the kids respect the parents, but parents learn to respect their kids as future adults who will make their own decisions, knowing that you're helping shape and influence them. Paul understands this. Paul understands just how just how easy it is to break relationship with our kids in the name of rules and obedience. Because the very next verse, like we're done. Verse three is like, man, Paul, wrap up your book. That was great. You finished it on a high note. Unfortunately, he was not finished. Here's what he writes in verse four. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. He uses this word exasperate specifically in the Greek. It literally means to provoke to anger, to enrage, to cause a bitterness. He says, listen, it's really easy. Children obey your parents. Okay, great. Parents, and specifically if there's dad, dad in the home who's in charge here. Okay, ready? Don't provoke your children to anger. That's the tendency. When we talk about obedience is you will do what I say or else. And if we're not careful, we can create, we can parent in such a way that we create bitterness and resentment and anger in our kids. The easiest way, the easiest way to do this, the easiest way to break relationship, the easiest way to ruin relationship with your kids so that when they leave the house, they don't want to be around you. The easiest way to do this is to create a system where they're set up to fail because you've made a household, a household full of rules. 
Now listen, I, I've had to learn this and, and looking at families and the ones that get it right. And here's what is surprising to me. They don't have many, if any, rules at all. And the families that had a million rules that their kids were always on grounded or had something taken away or restriction or their for whatever reason that was not the healthy family the experience where they I remember I remember this I remember talking with with parents a number of parents and they would call me saying hey they did this my son did this my daughter did this how should I punish them well a couple things first I don't think I'm the guy you should be talking to I don't even have kids yet but I was the expert. I was the youth pastor, right? Of course I knew. Knew exactly what to do. Fix their problems. At least so they thought. So they call me. How do I, how should I punish them? And what I said was, do me a favor. Listen, I don't, I don't know. I'm not even going to pretend to tell you how to do this. But please don't punish them by taking away the good things in their life. Here's what they would do hey, so-and-so can't go to youth camp because they did this. I know it's Friday, today's Thursday, but they're grounded so they can't go to camp. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, listen, take anything away. Take, okay, I get it. You're gonna pull them out of the, the, the one thing that's gonna have a positive influence in their life? Well, then they'll learn. They're not gonna learn. We already know that. They did this last year. <laughs> they didn't learn. Don't, don't see this as simply punishment. Punish, listen, if there's anything I want you to understand, I wish we could just spend hours talking about this. Punishment for the sake of punishment is not going to produce the kind of relationship or child you want when they're an adult. Discipline does, absolutely, but discipline has a different function. Punishment does this, ready? Punishment teaches them to hide it better next time. That's it. I don't want to get in trouble. And then when you find it, and they realize I'm caught again, okay, I got to get better at hiding it. You know this. You've gone through this. If you have kids, especially if they're older now, like, you know, like you probably even laugh about some of the stuff like, oh yeah, I hid this from you and this from you. And wow, you were a different kid than I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, because I knew you would punish me. Discipline is different. Discipline has the idea or the intent to, uh, to restore or make better. Like when we talk about discipline, we're talking about like bettering ourselves. When, you, when we talk about disciplining your kids, how are you helping them? Listen, okay, this is gonna, I hope, reframe how you do stuff. But don't, listen, this, we can write this down too. Don't settle for obedience. Obedience is fine when they're little, but it doesn't work when they're older. Don't settle for obedience. Ready? When honor is so much better. So when you think of disciplining your children or your kids or grandkids or whatever that looks like, how do you discipline with the idea of restoration as the goal? Because if what we're talking about is broken relationship, right? Don't tell a lie because a lie breaks relationship. When anytime there's disobedience or dishonor or disrespect, the issue isn't the issue. The isn't like, well, I'm gonna make sure that you never, ever, ever do this again. The issue is, okay, it's broken relationship. How do we fix that? How do we discipline with restoration in mind? This is different. Disciplining with honor means working to fix the relationship, not punish the crime. Here's what this looks like. Instead of teaching them to just simply hide it better next time, 
What does it look like to say we're going to discipline in a way that it actually fixes and helps restore relationship? So, some examples. Uh, first, um, what would it look like if there is something that is, that is worth disciplining, a dishonor or disrespect or disobedience, and it, it rises to the level of, okay, this is really bad. It's not just simply like, well, you know, you're supposed to go to bed at 10, it's 10.05, that's it. You're, say goodbye to November, right? It's mine now, your butt is mine. Like, okay, easy. That's not, that's, that's not discipline, that's punishment. But what would it look like if there really was something where you said, okay, you know what? The easiest thing is just say you're grounded, take stuff away, you can't do this. And it just teaches them next time to just hide it more. What if instead it was this? This was the, this was the punishment, the discipline. Um, you know what? Instead of you going out with your friends like you wanted to on a Friday, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a family night and you're gonna hang out with us. What? No, no. You're gonna hang out with us because of this thing. Because the intent is not to punish. The intent is to restore and help fix broken relationships. So here's what that means. You're gonna hang out with us and you're gonna love it. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a real punishment, like, oh, really? And, and what do you know? They actually enjoyed it. You see how it's like disciplining with the idea of restoring relationship is different than just simply taking like punishment. That's it, you're done. Um, Andy Stanley in his series, he talks about this. Uh, he talks about apologizing in complete sentences. <laughs> because you know this, you've had kids like, hey, say you're sorry. Sorry. Excuse me, what'd you say? I said, sorry. Are you choking? Sorry. <laughs> say it like you mean it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know this, right? You've had this. You've gone through this. Um, my, my wife, she, this is an area, like, again, she just got it right. And, and so, like, when our kids would, you know, do something to each other where they had to apologize for, it, you know, like, it, was, it wasn't just like, hey, you need to apologize. I'm sorry. No, no. Okay. What are you sorry for? You got to say it. You got to say it to them. I'm sorry that I, I, I shoved that fruit loop up her nose. <laughs> nope. Say it to her, right? You're 14. You should know better by now. No. <laughs> So they would have to say, I'm sorry for whatever it is. I'm sorry I hit you. I'm sorry I called you that name. I'm sorry. Whatever the thing is. Okay, great. A complete sentence. Now, you would think it's over, but it's not. We would. My, again, my wife got, she's the, she nailed this. Okay, now the person who, like, the, who was hurt, you get to respond. And then we're not done until you respond. It's not just like, I'm sorry, and now you're off the hook. Well, it made me feel like this when you did this, but don't do that again. Okay, that's different than sorry. Fine, all right, just leave the room. <laughs> I'm sorry because this, complete sentence. Well, when you did this, it made me feel this. It's okay, but please don't do it again. The goal is, is restoring relationship, not just punishment. And then, and I'm like, great, we're done here. This is awesome. And then she's like, nope, one last thing, hug it out. I'm like, wow, this is torture. <laughs> like, good job, this is great. Hug it out. And we're not, this, this issue isn't over until they hug. And the longer, like the more frustrated they are, the longer the hug until like, you got it. Like you got to laugh. You got to smile. We're getting through this. And it would always end with someone being like, like, whatever, this is dumb. And then they like, one would tickle the other one. And they're like, it's over. Whatever the thing is, is like they're friends again. The goal is not punishment. The goal is to restore the fracture in the relationship. 
So what does this look like for non-parenting relationships? Again, Paul's gonna tell us in a different, a different book of the Bible. Because maybe you're at a point where your kids are out of the house or, or, um, and you just don't have them around or, or, uh, or maybe you don't have kids yet. So what does this look like for you and your family? Because it isn't just honoring kids and kids honoring parents, but like spouses and, 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 and even if you're single, what does it look like in your family? Here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. He writes this to everyone, not just families, not just, uh, not just like, like those who are in a marriage relationship. This is for everyone. Be devoted to one another in love. And then he uses this word again. Honor one another above yourselves. Respect and values others more than yourself. It's this, it's, it's not, this is like, this is interesting. He gives an interesting twist on this. It's not treat them as you would want to be treated, like the golden rule. Hey, listen, just treat others how you would want to be treated. Here's what he says. No, no, that's not good enough. It's this, it's, it's treat them better than you would want to be treated. Honor them above yourself. Whatever, however you treat and interact them should be better than what you hope that they treat you like. In this competition of submission, this idea of like, how are we gonna outserve each other? It looks like this. Well, man, it would be great if they did this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna one-up them. Oh, honor each other, one another above yourselves. How do you do that? How do you value them more than yourself? If you're single and you have coworkers or roommates, you can practice this. Here's the good news. You can practice this, ready guys? On anyone. You can respect anyone. You can practice loving one another and honoring one another above yourself on anyone. Here's the deal, honor. Again, we can say this, honor is at the heart of every strong family. Whether they know it or not, whether they can articulate it so well, it's to say, yeah, honor, we honor each other, but they do it, they practice it. Honor is at the heart of every strong family. So don't settle for obedience when honor is so much better. Would you do this? Would you stand with me? We're gonna um, end with worship and, and um, you probably see on your chairs uh, the elements. We're gonna take communion here together, but um, we'll, uh, we'll take communion after this song. And so you'll be able to worship the Lord. And, and, and some of us though, some of us, maybe even in this moment, um, you're, you like, this is, I, I was telling uh, Pastor Andy back, backstage, like, man, this is hard because like, is there anything more personal than your family? Anything, right? I mean, anything else can be going wrong or different in life, but man, my family, like that's personal. In fact, if you insult my family or hurt my family, oh, it's on. Like that, you, that, you insult and hurt me. So this is, this is hard because, ready? There is not a perfect family in this room. There's mistakes. Well, listen, there's mistakes all over here. We've all made mistakes and we all need grace. And here's the deal. So there's no judgment of like, well, this is person, this, this family is not as great as this family. You should be better at this. Like, listen, that's true. We all, we all should be and can be and need to be better at honoring each other. And some of us just need a place to start where you say, all right, you know what? We, we, this hasn't been a focus for us in our family. And maybe you need prayer. We'll have a prayer team up here during this song. While we're worshiping together, you can come up and I just need, a, I need prayer for this thing in this area or this relationship where I'm just, man, I just need help honoring this with this person or I don't know what to do next or I, I, I want to make honor important in our family. You can come on up and pray.
during this song and then we'll take communion together. So with that said, let us worship the Lord together for the families he's given us.